and Cape Talk. Night Talk. And as mentioned earlier on, we have two South Africans doing great things this evening. Um, we've just spoken to uh, Banetzi, and now we're joined by Liesl Tommy, who is a theatre director. She joins us on the line from California, um, and she is the Tony Award-winning director of Eclipse. Liesl, good evening, and thank you so... The Tony nominated, apologies. Uh, Liesl, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So just to start, uh, for those who haven't seen Eclipse, uh, what is Eclipse about? Um, Eclipse is about five women uh, during the Liberian War who four of them are girls who've been captured from their various villages by rebel soldiers and kept as quote-unquote bushwives um, by, the, by a rebel commanding officer. And one of the women has escaped and become a soldier, a child soldier, essentially. And the center of the production um, is a character called The Girl, um, who's played by Lupita Nyong'o. And she is it's basically through her eyes as she tries to negotiate this brutal new life um, and her various encounters with the different uh, women who have been living there and have been held captive. And then... This uh, final character, which is the character of Rita, who is a peace woman, um, which is a famous um, kind of character based on the peace women of Liberia who helped end the war there. And it's sort of about the, the way that these five women uh, negotiate the brutality of war and each other. It's such a it's such a powerful message, and uh, it's, it's very inspiring that this kind of uh, message can, can be put across and made into something that is not only entertaining, but is also profitable, and people can gain knowledge from it. Uh, did you find that the balance between uh, portraying this important story and what kind of research went into it in terms of scripting it and getting it done? Well, Danai Gurira, who is the playwright, she's actually from Zimbabwe originally. She and I started working on this play about six or seven years ago. She sent it to me, um, and, you know, I fell in love with it because as a South African director working in the States, you know, um, I was always looking for stories about women and particularly stories about African women. And I was so happy when I got that script. And we started working on it, and she had gone to Liberia. She had interviewed numerous women who had lived through unbelievable, um, you know, just devastating experiences during that war. Mm -hmm. And from that research came this play. And one of the things that I've, you know, I always do, because I do a lot of political theater, and I do a lot of theater that's around race and politics and history, is I do a lot, a lot of research myself, and then I force the actresses to do a lot of research, because my, from my experience, you know, as a South African, the more depth that you have about the politics and the history of your country the more committed you are to the storytelling. And mm-hmm. so that's what, um, you know, what I really do intensely with the actors is just make sure that they know as much as humanly possible about the country and about the, the story as if it's their own country. And then the, the power of the performances, the depth of the performances is really palpable. And that's something that, you know, all the reviews and the audiences have really experienced is the intensity of these performances. It feels very real. It doesn't feel like you're watching a play. And then one of the other things that makes this play so important is that um, it's the first play to have uh, an all-female cast writer and director. 
um, Cor- which, which is also quite an important thing. And I guess in, in many other industries, we talk about the glass ceiling. Do you think that in, in your particular field that, that you know, we're still seeing uh, it being m- quite rare, more than normal, to have you know, a play that is an all-female cast with a, a female director, a female writer? Um, do you find that it's still quite male-dominated? Or is, there, is it shifting, but in a good way? No, it's, I mean, it's, there, there are certainly many, many wonderful female directors out there. But the fact is that we did make history in 2016 on Broadway as the first play with an all-female cast, almost all-female director and playwright. Now, there have been all-female casts and writers in the past on Broadway, but the directors were always men. So the thing that is different about this is that the director this time is a, fe- is a woman. And, you know, on the one hand... Um, one feels very proud to be making history and to be breaking glass ceilings and so on. But on the other hand, one does feel like in 2016, is this really happening? I mean, it's just for the first time happening now. That mm. seems third to me. So, you know, we, 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 just, we just carry on fighting for, for, you know, the things that we believe in. But the truth is, is that we live in a racist and sexist society, and that trickles down to culture. And that's something that from the very first um, show that I worked on in the very first meeting that I took with an artistic director or producer that I've, you know, that I have taken on as my kind of personal battle is just always forcing them to consider women and to consider people of color in positions of power, because that's really where change happens. We had a similar situation in South Africa where there was a open up a trend. It was started um, on social media where people were saying that the industry op- it was called open up the industry and it gained a lot of traction. Um, the the contentious issue was um, how do we make the the industry much more open to new faces and new uh, people that can be part and for, form part of this. And do you are you part of any um, initiatives that uh, open up the industry with these challenges that the women face as a as, as women directors, are you, are you part of any initiatives to help um, budding and aspiring female directors? Yes, of course. I mean, my, my kind of, my initiative is basically myself, you know, being, again, one of not very many women of color, uh, certainly not African women working in the United States. Um, and, you know, I also am fortunate to, to work internationally as well. The thing that I've always said is the more positions of power you give us, the more we'll able, be able to diversify your industry. So for example, one of the things that I felt really strongly about as I was um, choosing actors for the show is I wanted to find as many actual African actresses as possible. So the actresses in the show are Sierra, from Sierra Leone, from um, family, you know, Liberia, Kenya. Um, one woman is from Haiti. Uh, another person is from Ghana. Because I just felt like they would have been so hungry to um, inhabit these women, to tell their, you know, a version of their own stories. And I I feel like that's something that only um, a woman of color, an African woman, would have understood, Mm. right? And so one of the things people talk about over and over and over again is the intensity of the performances. And, And I know, you know, I know that the the way how personally these actresses took this story and how much responsibility they felt to tell these women's real life stories with as much um, specificity and power came from that decision that I made. And I fought, you know, fought for it. And fortunately, the producers were, uh, they were on board. 
but you know that's not that's how you create diversity is by putting people in positions of power who are going to think outside of the box um and that's that that's the only way that change happens and so uh you know i always am all of my assistants and associates are usually women or people of color because if and the designers that I work with, I always am champion, championing um, people of color and the, you know, the set designer, costume designer, so on. Because if I don't do it, I know for a fact that they will not. You can see the status quo speaks to that. Change doesn't come unless we are literally kicking down the doors. I love that you mentioned um, the diversity because we live in a country that is very diverse and we're going, th- and we're going through uh, a phase of uh, transformation to, um, to remedy some of the inequality that's happened uh, in our country. And um, w- when it comes to that diversity also, you intentionally chose a, um, a team that was diverse and that would take on the, 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 and the message more, that would resonate and obviously inspire much more passionate performance. How d- do you ever encounter conversations where people might say that this uh, type of diversity and um, transformation actually dilutes um, the let, let's say the quality of the work because people are very finicky about merit and they always question yes it. they are aren't mm. they yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you how, how, good word. <laughs> how do you navigate that, that that dilemma um you know i cannot be bothered to, to to speak about to speak to people from the dominant culture about things like that because i believe that the work speaks for itself and um you know that saying that everybody's talking about right now um when you've lived in privilege for so long, equality mm-hmm. feels, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So, I, I mean, I feel like I encounter that all the time. When, we, when the announcement was made that Eclipse was going to Broadway, um, I met an, a number of, of people said to me, but do you really think a show like Eclipse belongs on Broadway? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it, you know, when it was off-Broadway and we thought it was beautiful, but does it belong on Broadway? And I think that that phrase is so interesting. Does it belong on Broadway? Does your show about African women belong on Broadway? Mm. And my answer is, of course it belongs on Broadway. It belongs anywhere we say it belongs. Who, is the, who decides what belongs where? Who decides what is appropriate for, for a venue? It's not up to you. I mean, it may feel like it's up to you because it's been up to you for so long, but actually, it's not. You are not the arbiter of, of taste and in, you know, in, this, in, in this particular moment. Other people are deciding who don't look like you and who don't think like you, and that is very, very shocking and very startling for people who have been in power for a long time to suddenly find that they are not in control of these decisions. Thrown on the line by Tony Award-nominated director, Liesl Tommy, who's on the line to us from California. And she's our second South African doing great things this evening. And we're taking your calls on 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. Also taking your SMSs on 31702 and 31567. Liesl, um, you're very unapologetic about the transformation issue and I, I love how you've uh, navigated through it and um, the whole, the whole, all the questions and the thorny issues have been handled and you've said just to yourself that the work actually just speaks for itself and I think that's the most beautiful part of it. I, I mean, I, I think so, you know, the, and I, I know that this, this, as you said, this finickiness comes from um, 
people feeling like people who are not properly trained and people who are not properly um, you know, experienced getting jobs. Um, and that's a, that's a slightly different situation than what I'm, you know, what I'm mm. experiencing because I, I spent my, I've devoted my whole adult and, you know, adolescent life to this craft of theater, of acting and directing. Um, I have made sure that I understand every aspect of, um, you know, about how to make theater, how to, how to tell stories via theater. So that when, you know, the moment came when, when something that I did landed on Broadway, I felt completely confident about the work that I was doing, the way that I was telling it, and the, the kind of story that I was telling. So no one could take anything away from me. No one could say to me, you don't belong here. No one could say you're not experienced enough, you're not trained enough. You know, the opposite is true. I, I, I have taught at Yale, Juilliard, Brown University, NYU, teaching, you know, acting and directing. That is something that I, because I knew that I was going to be probably the only woman of color or certainly African woman in my field, and I just determined that I would not give anybody ever an excuse to say that I didn't belong. And I took that on, and I, and I feel like, you know, I wish that I could just kind of like stroll through life like some of my um, white peers um, in, in this, you know, and just hope for the best and not have to break my back to, you know, to be better, which is what my dad always said I would have to do, work harder than everybody around me to be considered equal. But that's what, you know, there's, there's just, that's what it is. That's the reality. And that's what I did. And I'm just incredibly grateful that I landed where I landed. And, you know, this Tony nomination is, is insane. It's, it's inconceivable. When I was going to primary school in Factoryton in Cape Town, did I, I, there's no way that I ever imagined this could really, really happen to me in my life. Um, but at the same time, um, someone just said that they think I'm the first woman of color to ever be nominated to direct a, you know, for directing a, a play on Broadway, which is crazy. You know, um, it's completely crazy. So there's, you know, there's so many obstacles and there's so much, there's people who actually want you to fail because they fear change. Um, but, you know, I'm actually perfectly happy to be the face of change. Um, I feel like I'm ready and I feel like, you know, it's time. So, it's, you know, I'm willing to sort of step into that fray. And I, I just feel like if you are a person who is breaking bounds, if you are a first, if you are, you know, hired in an office where people are still, think, you know, really backward thinking, You've just got to take it on and you just have to accept that I'm the first and I'm going to show them that their fears and their, and their doubts and their hatreds ha is groundless. Thank you very much for that. We have Lindy in Cape Town on the line. Lindy, good evening. Welcome to Night Talk. Hi, Googs. I listen to you every night. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I am, am a, a non-published or non-whatever um, film screenplay writer, which I, I, I'm an amateur. And I'm listening to um, Liesl, and I'm so excited by what she has to say, and I'm so inspired by her. And I just wanted to know if I had, I mean, I have two beautiful films about uh, my friendship and um, my connection with Langa Township and putting people into film. And um, that's what I did. And the stories that came out of there with people and buses arriving in Langa and putting hundreds and thousands of people into film and the elation of having work for the first time. This was early 2000s. I had, I thought 2000. 
and I had I have these stories in my head and I've written it down like very amateurishly and I can't seem to get it anywhere. Um, I, I would love just to know how I get ahead. Um, I've, I've been to one production company and they said there's too much work to be done, but I don't have I don't know where to start. I've been doing this for like for seven years trying to get it somewhere. This Lindy, can I ask you a question? Do you, do you, mm. Have you taken screenwriting classes? Yes, I did. I did. Um, I did a, a basic and an advanced. Okay, so my suggestion to you is um, just make sure that you are constantly reading other screen, um, screenplays and that you continue to take, um, to study, to take screenwriting classes because refining that script is the only job that you, those scripts are the only job that you have right now. You shouldn't oh, so okay. much be worried about trying to sell it, but you should be worried about getting it into the most sophisticated, um, refined place it can possibly be. Oh, okay. And then okay. So that's, that's, is, that's yeah. your job right now. Oh, fantastic. Because I'm actually 62 years old and I've been working on this for, t for 10 years. And, Don't worry about um, age. Age doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. I'm so inspired by you. I'm getting excited because, you know, what you have to say, it's making me want to, like now, to get up in the middle of the night and start writing. So your advice you just, is Your so job valuable. is to hone your craft. It's just to hone your craft every single day. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck with what you're doing. I just uh, oh, love you so listening much. to you. Okay. Thank, thank you, you very much, Thanks. Lindy. That's uh, Lindy in Cape Town. Now, Liesl, the Tony nomination, how, I mean, what, what happens to you when you get told you are now a Tony Award nominated director? Um, well, I usually have a small panic attack when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> <first. laughs> a, a happy dance, baby. So, <laughs> Do you have a happy so dance? It's so hard to believe. <laughs> um, it's still so hard to believe. But, mm. you know, when, it, when the, the... I was asleep when the announcement happened. I refused to watch it on television because it was just too crazy. So I was, you know, it was happening in the morning, on Tuesday morning. Um, and my dear friend, Leroy McLean, who's an actor I work with a lot, phoned me crying and he said you got nominated you got nominated you're the only woman you got nominated and um and i could hear his partner crying in the background as well it was a really beautiful moment and then my phone just exploded with you know every uh actor writer producer in the business that i know you know texting me and then my brother who lives in boston and my parents who live in cape town phoned and we you know i conferenced them in and we basically all just sort of cried together um <laughs> Because it was just so incredibly overwhelming. You know, my, yeah. my parents um, just, you know, they are, they've worked so hard their whole life. And they, when I wanted to do this, they never understood how, it was a, how I could possibly think that this was a viable choice for a <laughs> career. And they were really resistant, you know, oh. um, really resistant. And I, and I absolutely understood, you know... Um, my my mom grew up in in Athlone, and um, my dad um, from District um, District Six in Cape Town, and you know they they have worked and long and hard their whole lives, and so has um, you know my incredible family, my aunties and uncles and cousins, you know definitely an enormously intense work ethic, um, and so I just I just knew that if I just you know, applied this, the, the values that they taught me that I could, I could make inroads in this, in this business. 
Um, and so for them to see this actually happen to their child, it was really overwhelming. I'm actually quite getting emotional talking about it now because it's so hard to believe. We have one more caller before we wrap up. Kylie Claire in Randburg. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Uh, evening, guys, and evening to Liesl. Uh, it's incredible to hear this uh, wonderful accomplishment. I'm a theater maker. Um, I just wanted to, my, my question is very, very specific um, to Liesl around what, what South Africanisms does she bring into her work? Because, I mean, for me, my obsession is around, um, you know, I find that our voice is completely diluted all the time because we're trying to find a globalized voice. But the more specific our voice is, the better, you know, the, actually the more exportable it becomes because it's got its own kind of genesis and authenticity. So I just want to know what, her, what she feels, having studied in, in uh, America, is, is her South Africanisms that she brings to to her American-based work. You know, um, it's funny. My, um, the playwright, Danai, who's from Zimbabwe, she always says, sometimes when I'll say things, she'll go, oh my God, that's so South African. And, um, and I think the thing that, uh, that people, it's probably that I'm, I'm extremely blunt and really no nonsense. And I think that that might be like a, cape-colored thing that I've taken with me um, in my journeys all around the world, which is, you know, just completely just not impressed with anything and anyone except for people doing work. Mm. Um, And, you know, that's just something that, again, that I was raised with. And so, you know, whether I'm I'm working with Lupita Nyong'o or um, just a regular person, in the you know elect- an electrician in the um, in the theater, I'm going to treat everybody exactly the same. And that wraps up our chat. Thank you so much, Liesl, for joining us this evening. Liesl Tommy, Tony nominated director of Eclipse. The Tony Awards take place next month, and uh, we wish you all the very best. Oh, thank you so much, Gugu I really, really appreciate the time.